was a fair, late summer stroke early autumn morning. The various different oranges, reds and yellows of dawn light had given way to crisp, golden sunshine and a silky, cerulean sky. However, though the vermilion colour of the dawn had subsided, this day would be red in its hue. I packed up my guitar and my folder bike into my car and set off to the Gyle shopping centre. For those who don't know, the Gyle is a shitehole shopping centre on the fringes of Edinburgh. It's more of a warehouse these days right enough than a shopping centre because there's about four shops left in it. I was heading to support the shop workers in Card Factory who had gone on strike over ship paying conditions. There was a big crowd of people in the centre, all supporting the striking workers. They were chanting, making noise and holding up placards that read like a clever verse on a card. I could see the stage where I was to perform and, on the stage, stood the MP for Islington North, Jeremy Corbyn, who'd come to speak to the striking card factory workers. I approached the stage smiling from ear to ear and Jeremy was smiling back at me. I got to the stage and got ready for my set. As I was getting ready, Corbyn embraced me like an old friend from the wars of yesterday. It was a nice moment. He is always such a nice man, I thought to myself. I took to the stage to perform and sang for the watching audience a couple of my own songs, as well as a rendition of Robert Burns' song, A Man's A Man. The audience were very polite and seemed to enjoy my set. I thanked them and turned to walk off the stage. However, before I could, JC grabbed me by my arm and pulled me back towards the microphone. He led the audience in another applause for me. What a nice man, I thought again. And he then began shouting out the links to all my music to the audience. www.callumbaird.com is his website, he hollered. Callumbairdsongs.bandcamp.com is where you can buy some of Callum's songs and he's on Spotify and all that too, he shouted down the microphone. He smiled at me again and patted me on the back. As we both turned to walk off stage, suddenly we noticed that the strike had spread to the nearby shop shoe. A crowd had started to form as all the workers poured out the shop and the customers joined them in demonstrating too. Some passers-by joined in, others watched on. JC and I ran up to see what was going on and to find out why the strike had started. When we got there, it became quite apparent quite quickly. You see, this was not a shoe like you would expect to see in any old shopping centre. It was a sort of shoe from the future or from Star Wars. The whole time I was in there, I kept thinking about Lando Calrissian and the city in the clouds. The shop was on two floors, but the second floor floated in the air. Special shoes with jet propulsion were needed to get up there. The company had spent a lot of money renovating the shop, yet paid their staff dogshit wages and didn't even give them the proper footwear needed to get up to the second floor. They invited JC to speak. He did. And he spoke to them about how the world is run by a small group of billionaires who want to fuck off to Mars or Venus and leave us all fighting for the scraps. The workers all nodded along and applauded his speech. He then asked me to come and sing a song, which I did. JC seemed to enjoy it, but the car factory workers in the crowd were annoyed I didn't play one more tune for them before running over to support the shoe workers. And the shoe workers were a bit miffed that I sang a burn song for the card factory workers, but sang Dancing in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen for them. As the audience began dispersing and the demonstration came to an end, I turned to JC and said, By the way, how's John? 
JC looked at me concerned and replied that he has not seen John for a while but that he just sits in his house alone now. I was really concerned to hear about this, so I assembled my bike and travelled to go and see John McDonald in his gaff. John's house is way out in some sort of Midwest desert. I remember thinking that I didn't remember any deserts in the Guile area of Edinburgh, or any area of Edinburgh for that matter. When was the last time I was here? Nonetheless, I continued cycling, although I found it extremely difficult to do so in the sand. I arrived at his house and was shocked at the rundown condition of the place. It had a wooden panel exterior, probably black when it was at its prime, but now it was weather-beaten and the paint had been chipped and eroded away by years of desert winds and storms. I chained up my bike on a post close to the house and walked in, shouting John's name, calling out for him more in hope than expectation that I would get a reply. Sure enough, the bugger didn't answer me. I carried on walking through the house, and the exterior foreshadowed the appalling condition of the interior. The place was literally falling down, and resembled the inside of a house in Home Alone 2 where the final standoff takes place. I climbed the stairs, what were left of them, and entered a room that was lit with an ominous deep red colour. In the room was an old wooden unit. On top of the unit were a series of jars. I wandered over for a closer look, and my eye was drawn to two jars in particular. The first one contained a clear liquid. A label on it identified the liquid as Sir Keir Starmer's Tears. The second jar was somewhat more nebulous. It contained a copy of Mikhail Gorbachev's book, Perestroika. It was entombed in a sort of jelly-like substance, which reminded me of those little gel aliens I used to get as a child from shady joke shops. A label on the jar read in big capitals, DO NOT TOUCH. I took this advice and moved on. Suddenly, in the corner of my eye, I saw John shuffling and hobbling around. He was dressed like Angel Eyes in The Good, The Bad and The Ugly for some reason, and was carrying what I can only describe as a really bad shoulder injury. Instantly aware of my presence, he shouts at me to get the fuck out of his house, because he's rigged the place to blow and we've got to bolt. I forgot all about the room and the jar of Sir Keir Starmer's tears and ran like hell. We only just managed to get outside when it went boom. Without a moment passing, and without even so much as a hello or what are you doing here, John says, right, come on, we have to fuck off before they get here. It is as he said, even though he never said who they were. I half walked, stroke half ran to where I'd left my bike. John was already on his, and he cycled away, gliding across the sand. He was a good sand dune ahead of me before I could get on my bike, but when I did, I noticed it had gotten damaged in the demolition of his house. Not bad or fatally, but it needed some maintenance before I could clear off as well. I hollered to John, who cycled back, angry and raging at this setback. He did a bit of tinkering with my bike to get it operating, and even slapped a MIDI keyboard onto the handlebars for me. As we started pedalling away, he asked that I play a song like something by Ennio Morricone as we go. The song you've been hearing as I tell the story is the song I played. It bothered me slightly that it was sounded more Eastern, closer to China or Japan, than it did to the Midwest, or maybe something closer to an obscure David Lynch film than any Ennio Morricone soundtrack. But John didn't seem to mind. He's good that way.
Hello. Welcome to Podcasting with Callum Baird. How are you today? I hope you're well. I hope you've been taking care of yourselves and um, taking care of people around about you, being responsible, um, doing your best not to listen to the advice of people like Boris Johnson. It's unfortunate that he's in the government and that we have to pay attention to the government right now because the man contradicts himself every two minutes. Anyway, I hope you're well and safe. Um, firstly, I should say, uh, welcome to Spotify. Um, I used to have the podcast on SoundCloud, as some of you will know, but I decided to move it to Spotify at the end of last week. Um, well, I've been thinking about it for a while, but I finally made the decision at the end of last week um, when I was thinking about recording a new podcast, this podcast. Um, few people that listen to the podcast um, got in touch to say, you know, give me feedback on it and what they thought of it and all that, which is nice. I'm always grateful for feedback. But they sort of suggested that, you know, SoundCloud's not great. Not many people have a SoundCloud account. Um, a few people even had to download the app to listen to the podcast, which is not great. I don't really want people to have to do any labour just to sit and enjoy a podcast. That's not really the point. So I, I made the decision to move it over to Spotify. It was fairly easy to do. Um, so from now on, this is where the podcast will be. It will be here on Spotify. The first one to six episodes are on SoundCloud and seven to twelve are over here on Spotify mainly because the audio was better on those seven, those five podcasts. Uh, the first six are, isn't great. Um, sorry, those first six isn't great. The second six is a bit better. Um, so I just started from episode seven on Spotify. But I'm going to stop numbering the podcast as well with that in mind because um, it's a bit confusing. Especially if you're a new listener, you're going to wonder where the other six have gone or the first six have went. So... We're here on Spotify now. This is the new home of podcasting for Callum Baird. So thanks for tuning in. Secondly, I should say, I hope you enjoyed that little short story at the start there. Um, it was based on a dream that I had about a week and a half ago. Maybe, maybe a bit more now. Uh, yeah, about a week and a half ago, I would say. And... Um, well, I'll leave you to figure out which part was a dream and which part was a story. But I, I had the dream and I shared it on Facebook, the sort of general plot of this, the, the, the dream. And a lot of people seemed to find it quite amusing and quite funny and thought it was a nice story. So I decided to sort of pad it out a little bit and make it a story. And uh, that's what I did. And I've, uh, I hope you liked it. I hope you found it amusing and entertaining. And I hope you liked the little music as well. Um... I worked a lot harder on that music than I probably should have, um, but I quite enjoyed it at the same time. So I hope you liked it, and I hope you like my little podcast keys as well that are playing at the background just for you at the moment. I've been busy with my keyboard, I've been quite enjoying playing it of late, I bought it about a month ago, and when it first came we had a difficult relationship, difficult bedding in, getting used to one another, but once we got there, it's actually been quite pleasant. And I've had a busy past week. Um, 
those of you that don't know, I started a course in contemporary art theory at the University of Edinburgh, which has kept me busy, kept me reading a lot. And on top of that, I've been recording um, some new music, mixing it and sort of producing it myself, with a bit of help and feedback from a few, a few friends. Um, and getting there slowly with it. And my keyboard is featured heavily, so if you like my music or you're interested in what's coming next, once you've finished listening to the podcast, shuffle over to my music, uh, Callum Baird, just search my name, and drop me a little follow on there as well. And um, you'll be amongst the first to hear my new music when it comes out. And I don't know if you heard Jeremy Corbyn shouting out the links to my music earlier in the, the story there as well. But if you're a Bandcamp user, head over to Bandcamp and give me a follow as well. We just had Bandcamp Friday at the end of last week, and I want to say a quick thank you to everybody that bought my songs. I really, I really appreciate it. So thank you for doing that. And, um, you know, Bandcamp's like the last place now that people can buy music, uh, unless you're at a festival and there's still some CDs on sale or something like that. But buying music is becoming rare, man. And Bandcamp is like the last space for musicians. I mean, iTunes, but I don't really know anyone this side of 2010 that uses iTunes still. So Bandcamp is like the last place for a musician to actually sell their products. Sell the product of their labour. So if you aren't a Bandcamp user, I would strongly recommend getting an account. Because the first Friday of every month, Bandcamp waive their fees meaning that all the music, all the money raised from the music sold on their platform goes to the um, goes to the musician. They don't take a fee for it. They don't take a cut. Uh, so yeah, thanks to everybody that bought my music on Friday. Um, all the money went to me and that keeps me going. You know, it helps me buy food to not starve to death. Um, buy cups of, buy tea bags for cups of tea, which I'm drinking right now. I'm drinking out of a thermos cup i bought this like i have no idea when and i don't exactly know why i bought this because it's not really my sort of thing but i bought it i'm using it it's very big it's about half not quite half a liter but just shy of half a liter and um it's a it's a very manly vessel for holding fluids it's black as black as the night um and it's there's like no character to it whatsoever it's it's a it's all man um there's no design there's there's, it's very soulless it's you know not even tinny you know it's not even like a metallic thing and and it's got a label on it that says this product is not leak proof keep upright when full do not fill above the line which um you know, it's a very man thing, you know, we're very, um, we like to think we're very efficient and very on top, but we have severe weaknesses that we try to disguise with hyper-masculinity, which this cup displays beautifully. Um, but I'm drinking it out of this because, um, I didn't want to, I've got a cup of tea here, I usually have a cup of tea in my podcast, it keeps my throat, um, lubricated we shall say and it's just nice it's warm liquids better than cold liquid for for 
for drink, um, for talking with and singing with. And um, I put it in this because it retains the heat, obviously. And I didn't want to take a sip from my my tea when I was telling the story because it would interrupt the flow of the story. So I've put it in this man cup. And I don't think it's the sort of thing I'm going to take out of the house because, I don't know, it just makes my... I kind of feel like it's a very fragile-looking... You know, it's a, as I say, it's very manly and it's masculine. It's very latent, which tells me it's um, got severe weaknesses. And it does have a severe weakness. It's not leak-proof. And I wish I'd seen that sticker before I bought it. And do you know why I really bought it? I bought it because it was £3.50 out of Tesco. What a prick. So President Trump's got COVID-19. At this point in time, I've no idea what his health status is. Nobody really knows. His chief of staff said his vitals aren't looking good, but everybody's saying he's going to be fine. Of course, I'm not saying here that I hope Trump dies. Uh, If I I was to say that, somebody could report the podcast, have it taken down from Spotify, and that would probably threaten my the position of my music as well, or it could spill over to threaten my music on Spotify. So I'm not going to say that I hope Trump dies. Um, You know, I'm not going to. I'm also not going to sing his praises like some fascist loon ball. And I'm also not going to fall into the trap set by liberals. Um, I'm a socialist. Um, But I'm not going to say that I hope Trump dies. If you're adept at reading between the lines, you'll have have understood what I'm getting at there. But the real reason I'm not... uh, I'm not going to say that I want. I hope Trump dies, is because this isn't really about a virus. It's a very political thing, what's happening here right now. The virus is becoming more and more political. And the more political... Scotty, I shouted right down the mic there. The more political it becomes, you know, the more I'm thinking about... Was it always... Were, were pandemics like the plague and the Spanish flu, for example, were they always very political? Have we understood the politics of those moments well? Do we understand them at all? Do we know anything about them at all? Because this this pandemic seems very, very political. I don't know if anybody's noticed that much, or, you know, there's a lot going on. But this one seems very political. And um, the fact that people like Trump have got COVID, people like Johnson have got got it, Bolsonaro, the right-wing fanatic president, uh, anti-democratic coolest president in Brazil, he's had it, I think he's had it twice. Um, and the reason they've had it is very political. I've got a tweet here from um, a guy called Martin Jakes, who's a, a, a he's a very intelligent man. He used to be in the Communist Party in the eighties. He was the editor of Marxism Today. Uh, there's a bit of history and politics there that I can't be arsed getting into. But today he's like a a very strong uh, commentator on China. He wrote an excellent, acclaimed, uh, critically acclaimed book called When China Rules the World. Other books about China are available. Uh, and Martin Jakes has tweeted this, and it's, this is why it's very political for me. And that's, this is why I'm struggling to find sympathy for Trump, even though I'm not saying I hope he dies. I'm not saying that. So Martin Jakes tweets, Trump, Johnson and Bolsonaro, all victims of COVID-19. Their policies have failed to deal with the pandemic, and their personal behaviour towards it has been reckless. Little respect for science or life. They have paid the price personally. What an advert for the populist right. 
Martin, if you're listening, you're spot on, mate. I doubt you're listening, but if you are, if you so so happen to come across this podcast, you're spot on. Um, and that's why this pod, this uh, podcast, this podcast is very political. But that's why this pandemic is very political. And as I say, I, I wonder: Do we understand the politics of the pandemics that have gone before this? Do we understand it properly? I'm not sure that we do. I mean, you think about Ebola. That was a very political as well. That was limited to Africa. I have to say, sorry, before I continue this point, there's an annoying click in my podcast music and I don't know why it's there. It's not there before I export it as an audio file, but it is there in the audio file. I don't fucking know why. It's doing my head in. If it's doing yours in as well, I sincerely apologise. I think it's when I took my f- take my my finger off the sustain button, it's like the click of the keys if you've ever played a piano and you take your foot off the sustain pedal you get like a click as the the, the keys are released i think that's what's going on here it's like a digital click when i take my finger off the sustain pedal but i'd gone through it and cleared that out so i don't fucking know why it's still in there at some points anyway i apologize if you're like me and you're an audio freak and everything has to be at the perfect eq and the perfect reverb and the perfect tremolo has to be in there I digress. But yeah, I wonder if we understand the politics of these diseases. Ebola was a very political disease. It was contained in Africa and it was the third world that paid the price for that disease. And while that was raging and destroying Africa and destroying the African economies and setting the African economies back a number of years, people over here were doing the ice bucket challenge. How's that for politics? And this one's the same. And we're we're seeing, as I've already said in previous podcasts, episode 12 was a, 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 a cathartic exercise, but I'm going to repeat the point because it's just becoming more and more extreme. Neoliberalism is making this virus impossible for people. Making it impossible for people to follow instructions, follow advice, follow guidance making it impossible for them to keep their fucking jobs and their livelihoods i've got i've got a musician friend who's talking about going back to working in retail um you know giving up their giving up their livelihood to go and take up another job what's that all about giving up one job to go and take on another one a total change of life i mean that's the state of play in this society and these right-wing fanatics like trump johnson and bolsonaro they just don't fucking get it see do you hear that why is that there why is that click there why how annoying i edited that out i just want to say that i edited that fucking out So, today's a Sunday. Yesterday was Saturday, obviously. And yesterday I had one of those days where I didn't just, I just didn't know where the time went. I got up, did a bit of exercise in the morning, just in my house. Um, had a shower, obviously. Had some breakfast, cup, cups of tea. I played some FIFA. And before I knew it, it was fucking five past three. And then suddenly I felt really under pressure to do something with my day. You know, I'd been sat playing FIFA um 
and I didn't feel like I'd done anything with my day and, and I felt I got really angry and then got quite depressed and quite annoyed and quite down and it took me hours to like recover my composure um, like I'm talking hours I mean the Terminator 2 was on last night on STV I don't know how many times I've seen that film it's really good I really enjoy it um, despite the fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger is a right wing bastard I still really enjoy that film and um that came on about 11 and it wasn't until then that I like recovered my composure from just being annoyed that I hadn't done anything with my day and I had and I was sort of thinking to myself at one point you know I had intended yesterday to have a quiet day you know not to feel that way not to feel like a piece of shit for not having done in inverted commas anything with my day you know I had intended to say fuck it I'm doing nothing I don't give a fuck I'd had a really busy week I'd uh, done a lot of uni work, I'd been working on content for this podcast, I'd been, uh, as I said earlier, mixing songs that I'd recorded, I recorded some new parts for my songs, I'd been giving myself a crash course in editing and on Ableton, you know, a busy, intensive week, and yesterday I was kicking myself up the arse for playing FIFA for two and a half, three hours, make myself feel like shit for not realising that the time had passed. Um, what the fuck is that click for? And, um, was making my, yeah, as I say, make myself feel really, really bad. Um, and as I say, I intended to give myself a break yesterday. And instead I ended up coming away feeling like I'd wasted the day. And that got me thinking, why? Like, why? Why, why, why am I feeling like this? And the simple answer is capitalism. Now that's a bit of a hot take, so I hope you're sitting down for that. But it's the truth. The truth hurts sometimes. The truth is sometimes hot like a potato. And the reason capitalism is to blame is because capitalism wants us to be productive with our time all the time. It wants us to monetize our time. It wants us to be productive with our time as I said so that's why I couldn't give myself a break yesterday because I'd sat my arse and I suddenly thought fuck I've done nothing with my day I've got nothing to show for my day other than you know a few games of FIFA what the fuck does that matter that doesn't matter anything I'm not going to pay the bills with a few FIFA wins I'm not going to play the bills by farting around on my PlayStation what the fuck I've done nothing with my day and that's capitalism anytime somebody says to me have you had a productive day your day sounds like it was very productive that is the language of capital in our conversation it describes our times beautifully Raymond Williams the Marxist Welsh theorist philosopher, historian he had a book out in the 70s called Key Words of Our Time and it was words that were in active and live in the public conversation that described the public conversation that encapsulated it. Words like hegemony, sex, gender, neoliberalism, communism, socialism. And productivity and being productive is a key word that captures our time. Because everybody in the neoliberal era has to be an entrepreneur has to be industrial, has to be flexible, has to be creative, 
has to have an imagination has to be able to market themselves sell themselves be productive monetize their time and so what that means is when you say to somebody have you had a productive day what you're really asking somebody is have you made profit today have you laid the groundwork for making profit in the future today is what they've asked you and i really hate it when somebody says to me well you've had a productive day today that's very productive especially when they say it sarcastically you know if i've if i have sat my day my arse all day and i'm happy with myself saying yeah i've had a hard week fuck it i'm gonna sit here and play fifa and then somebody says to me well you've been productive today sarcastically that really fucking gets to me because that's the boss that's capitalism talking to me through the mouth of somebody's sarcasm and i feel like our covid times sort of stroke lockdown i've been going at like a million miles an hour and i'm sure i'm not the only one and i've not really given myself any time off because it's curious because the world feels like it's on pause it's very curious that we're moving at a million miles an hour yet the what i'm doing this because the world feels like it's on a pause or very stop start you know that this the covid situation and lockdown has given me a lot of free time um and that's by the way is another notion that contains another sort of phrase that contains notions of monetization and productivity free time free time i have time that's free i have time that's not about being productive it's not about monetizing it's not about making profit it's free time it's it's free it's my it's free it's not costing me anything i don't have to make money from this time it's free time free but because i've had all this free time ironically i felt that it's time i should be using to be productive i should be using this free time productively and constructively as well that's another word another key word that describes everything's got to be constructive you can't just fucking sit in your ass and do nothing you've got to be constructive you're a little worker bee you have to be constructive and be productive and so yeah that's meant that i'm going at 100 miles an hour and i can't give myself a fucking break even when I am sitting, even when I said, I got up yesterday, in fact, I went to my bed on Friday night, and I said, no, tomorrow, I'm tired today, like, I went to my bed on Friday, and thought, fucking hell, I felt really run down, I felt like somebody had run me over, my back was aching, I don't know what the fuck my back was aching for, I don't fucking use my back for anything, but my back was aching, um, and, um, I went to bed on Friday, I thought, no, fuck it, I'm doing nothing tomorrow, I might do my podcast, might do my story tomorrow if i if i feel like it but no fuck it i'm not i had a plan to play fifa with my mate that's who i was playing fifa with and um fuck it that's what i'm doing tomorrow i don't give a fuck it's, it was to rain all day yesterday as well so i'm not going out in that it's pushing my rain fuck that i'll come home in the cold and then have to self-isolate for two weeks in case it's covid fuck that stay at home play fifa eat some tomato soup fuck it woke up yesterday my attitude was the same fuck this raining shite just gonna play fifa played fifa ah it's three o'clock and uh what the hell it's how's it three o'clock it, it doesn't feel like it should be three o'clock it feels like it should only be about one o'clock i've only been i only got up at 10 and it's now three o'clock i've done nothing with my day ah i've not been productive i need to do something quick sit down and write your story ah right try and record a podcast ah no the music's not right you need to re-edit it you need to do this ah now it's six o'clock now we've got to make dinner 
Ah, now I've had dinner, now I've got to sit and watch the telly. Ah! That is the discourse of capital pushing and pulling my behaviour in all different directions and forcing me to into erratic mental thoughts that really push my behaviour and my feelings into a, a really negative, like... You know, I was going about yesterday calling myself a piece of shit for not doing something. Even though I'd got up, like, uh, late in the morning, giving myself the morning off, effectively, getting up at 10. And I'd gone to bed saying, I'm doing fuck all tomorrow, I'm tired. My back's hurting, I've had a busy week, I've been writing music, recording music, writing podcast content, been doing uni work, been reading stuff. My head hurts, my back's sore, I don't even use my back, that's how tired I am. And I got up yesterday and wanted to have a day off and then by about mid-afternoon I was giving myself hard time for having time off. And that's because capitalism wants us to be productive all the time. And so I suppose then what we have to ask ourselves is, has capitalism seeped into every facet of our lives where we feel like in order to have a good day or feel normal, we have to have produced something. We have to have something to show for our day, like show and fucking tell. Like when your parent comes home from school and you show them a macaroni fucking painting or something like that. Anything will do. Look what I've done with my day. Look, look at it. Look, look, I've produced something today. I've used my time constructively. Look at it. Look. If that's the case, that's pretty fucking grim. You know, if it's the case that capitalism has seeped into our lives and it's pushing and pulling our behaviours and dictating to us what we do with our time where we're not in the factory, at the sh- on the shop floor, in the office, at the desk, where we, where we can't even sit. Um, it takes us until 11 o'clock at night to just go, okay, fuck it. You know? That was better part of nine hours. I'd spent eight hours I'd spent giving myself a hard time yesterday for not doing something. That's fucking tragic. And if that's the case, that capitalism has seeped into our language, our discourse, and is able to invade our mental health and undermine it. In fact, not even undermine it. It's not Undermining suggests that it's subtle and sly. It just runs at you with a fucking spear. Several fucking spears. So, having a day off where you do fuck all and ignore the impulses to be productive and be constructive with your time and to use your free time productively and constructively and be a good model citizen for the new model army of neoliberalism where everyone's an entrepreneur and everyone's flexible and creative all the time and has to have something new to post on fucking Instagram round the fucking clock then having a day off where you ignore all of that and decide to sit in your arse and eat tomato soup is a form of anti-capitalist resistance as far as I'm concerned Where are we now with the podcast? How, how long is this? I don't want to keep this one too long. I had a few long episodes. 
you don't want to have a podcast too long. Nobody really wants to listen to something that's too long. There's a few podcasts I listen to, and I'll get about halfway through it and I'll pause it and go, right, I need to go back to being productive. <laughs> no, I need to, uh, you know, I, I, whatever. I've listened to that now. I'm going to go and do something else. I need to get back to my uni work or whatever. And um, I don't ever get back to the podcast. I listen to half of it if it's an hour long, and then that's it. I forget about it. I'll, I'll say I'll put it on in the car, and then I get in the car, and I'm like, no, nah, I just want to listen to some tunes just now. Just I don't. I just want to drive. I don't really want to have to think. I just want to think about driving. I don't want to have to think about the content of a podcast at the moment. So there you go. I think that's today's podcast over. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please follow the podcast. Share it with a friend. Share it with a family member. And um, share it on Facebook. Um, The podcast is supported by my Patreons. I have a Patreon page, or my patrons of my Patreon page. The web address for that will be in the bio to this podcast but if you want it just now it's patreon.com forward slash Callum Baird songs one L in Callum no L's in Baird and I'll leave you with that thought today having a day off where you do fuck all and ignore the impulses to be productive and constructive with your time is a form of anti-capitalist resistance you little rebel, you. You Monday morning Maoist. Thank you.